From Wisconsin Public Radio and PRI, Public Radio International, it's to the best of our knowledge. I'm Jim Fleming. Do you still practice the religion of your childhood? If you don't, you're not alone. Almost half of all Americans say they have changed religions at least once. Questioning inherited wisdom comes easy to some of us. Novelist Philip Pullman is one of England's best-known atheists. His latest book questions the very origins of Christianity. Suppose that Jesus was being tempted not by given authority over the whole world as he is in the Gospels by Satan, but by being told about a church. The one thing Jesus did not want, it seems to me, was a church. For other people, losing their religion is often a difficult, even a dramatic, personal struggle. That can be especially true for someone who spent his childhood immersed in a fundamentalist religious world. Armageddon is coming at any moment. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, you've got a hand stamp into paradise. The belief system was really, really hard to shake, and I've been through a lot of therapy. It takes a while to just shake that little inner, the inner Jehovah. In this hour, why some people lose their faith. We'll hear from this former Jehovah's Witness and from Rhoda Jansen, author of the best-selling memoir, Mennonite in a Little Black Dress. But first, the Somali-born activist Ayan Hirsi Ali. Though she was raised a devout Muslim, Hirsi Ali later sought asylum in the Netherlands and was elected to the Dutch parliament. Eventually, she renounced Islam and turned into an outspoken atheist. Hirsi Ali became widely known when her filmmaker partner, Theo van Gogh, was murdered in Amsterdam after they made a film that blasted Islam's treatment of women. She herself received death threats and spent months in hiding. After returning to public life, Hirsi Ali wrote the best-selling memoir, Infidel, and now she's written another book called Nomad, which argues that fundamentalist Islam poses a serious threat to the West. Hirsi Ali told Anstrangechamps that her fierce criticism of religion grew out of her own mind-bending journey. It's a journey that takes me from being a believer in what my father and mother teach me is the difference between right and wrong. And the morality for that was derived from Islam. The first 22 years of my life, I used the Quran and Muhammad as a moral compass. And gradually, I found myself shifting, drifting away to something else, to liberalism individual rights, freedoms, the idea that I didn't need one book to take answers from, but that I could use my reason to distinguish between right and wrong. That is the mental journey. Could you tell me something about your own family upbringing? I mean, how, how would you describe the way your parents raised you and your siblings? I have an idea that we came as children to my parents as accidents. I say that only in retrospect and comparing them to Western parents who go about planning and planning and planning when the first child comes, when the second child comes, etc. Uh, my mother, after she married my father, was pregnant every year, every other year. She lost many of those pregnancies and some of the children didn't make it to adulthood. Three of us did. And of those three of us who did it, we were continuously told by my grandmother that we have to be loyal to the bloodline. She tried to teach us that, um, to learn the bloodline by heart, but also to be loyal to them. And her definition of loyalty was given the fact that I was...